Greetings, my peeps, and welcome to the All Things Basketball Podcast with your boy GD. In this episode, we'll be talking all-star ballot voting. The first round has happened, so we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about some teams on the rise, like the Clippers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. Some teams that are floundering a little bit, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers. Also, we'll talk Naismith Hall of Fame nominees as well. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Okay, guys, it's your boy GD back with the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. And I want to cover some topics here. It's been a pretty good season so far, I must say that. But I got to talk about some of the teams that are on the rise. One that everybody's in panic mode about. So I want to talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the all-star voting. We have our first fan returns, guys. And I want to get into that. So let's get right into it. So we will talk about the Western Conference. So far, in terms of the voting, and I think they're going back to the East versus West concept. So, if that's the case, which is good, you know, it takes away the draft, you know, with the top players. And it seems like every year it's LeBron versus somebody else. Last year was LeBron versus Giannis. And this year it would have been the same thing pretty much. But with the Western Conference in the front court, so far you have LeBron James, no surprise to anyone, who's leading the pack there, followed by Kevin Durant, followed by Nikolai Jokic, the Joker getting his props there. And then from there, it's kind of a drop-off. In fourth place, you have a Anthony Davis, followed by a Kawhi Leonard, Followed by Paul George, Operin Sengun, Victor Wimbayama, no surprise there, Chet Holmgren, and Carl Anthony Towns. So no real surprises in terms of the front court. That's pretty much how I saw it shaking out. Is there room for movement? Eh, maybe Anthony Davis can catch some steam, but I think... Your front court there, those three guys, I think that will probably be the way it shakes out. Kevin Durant is still popular. Some people want to say he's not. He is, especially among the fan base throughout the NBA. Nikolai Jokic, former MVP, multiple-time MVP, finals MVP. Now he's a world champion, so of course he's start getting his flowers now, and rightfully so. So I think that front court will stay status quo. In terms of the guards, I don't think it's really surprises here either. It's Luka Doncic for the Dallas Mavericks and Steph Curry for the Gold State Warriors. And they're ahead by a good margin amongst the two guys. Your next closest person, Shai Gilkis Alexander, who's been an absolute monster this year. He's third, followed by, in a distant fourth, James Harden, followed by Kyrie Irving, Anthony Edwards, 
John Moran, I'm surprised. He's uh falls about seventh amongst the fan voting. De'Aaron Fox, Clay Thompson, he still gets votes, believe it or not. And then Austin Reeves is in tenth. Nothing of major surprise there either. I think when the dust settles, I think it'll be those two guys at the top, Donkage and Curry. I think SGA comes maybe close within breathing distance, but I think when all is said and done, it'll be Curry and Luka, uh, your guards in that regard. So no real surprises other than maybe Ja Moran being seventh. He still has fan appeal regardless of what has happened, transpired with him. He still has fan appeal, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But pretty much, I guess the only surprise about the front court, you didn't see the likes of a Dematis Sabonis within the top 10. So I guess that's the that's a bit of a surprise um, in that regard. So I guess that's my bit of a surprise in the West. So that's your Western Conference fan returns for the first round of the voting. In the East, I think the East is pretty much as I would surmise. In the front court, of course, Giannis Antetokounmpo for the Milwaukee Bucks. He's first. Actually, right now, he's the leading vote getter among both Eastern and Western Conference in terms of getting votes. He's followed by your reigning MVP, Joel Embiid for the Sixers. And third, Jason Tatum. It looks like Durant moving to the West has paid dividends for Jason Tatum. Now, I think he's pretty much a shoo-in to be a starter amongst the front court for the Eastern Conference. So, I guess he's the big winner in all of this, Jason Tatum. So, after Tatum, big drop-off, guys. Jimmy Butler's next, followed by Tatum's teammate, Jalen Brown. He's followed by Bam out of Bayou, Mikael Bridges, Kristaps Zingas, Kyle Kuzma, and Paolo Boncaro. The biggest surprise amongst front court, well, I'll say what the surprise is, but, but I'll give you my analysis on top of it. The biggest surprise is what a lot of people are talking about, especially Nick fans are talking about, the fact that Julius Randle is not amongst the top 10. Right now, in terms of Julius Randle's numbers, they're on par with the likes of a Joel Embiid, a Giannis Antetokounmpo, and a Nikolai Jokic in terms of all-around numbers. His numbers on that par, guys. But I'll give you my analysis after I talk about the guards. For the guards, you have Tyrese Halliburton, number one amongst the guards, and he's followed by Damian Lillard at two. Halliburton, who did himself a huge, huge service to himself by his performance during the in-season tournament. A lot of eyeballs was on there, so they saw what he did. So I think that really carried him in terms of this voting here. Dame's going to be Dame. He's always going to be in the running. He's followed by Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks, who's not too far behind him uh, in terms of the votes. He's about a little over 80 votes behind Damian Lillard. 
there's room for movement there. And then after Young is Donovan Mitchell, followed by Tyrese Maxey. He's getting love now. And then he's followed by Jalen Brunson of the New York Knicks. So you have a Knicks player appearing on top 10. He's followed by LaMelo Ball. After that, Derek White, who's having a fine year, guys. DeMar DeRozan, of course, and then Drew Holiday. So, wow, you have five Boston Celtics among the top ten in their respective categories. Wow. With the guards, any surprise omissions? I don't think so. I think this is, well, LaMelo Ball being there is a bit of a surprise, yes. But I want to go back to... Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle. Julius Randle, first of all, not being amongst the top 10. And Jalen just at 6. I've been following the Knicks for over 40 years, guys. And I could tell you, Knicks fans do not stuff the voting boxes for their players. They just don't. But yet, they're the first to moan about their players not being starters. But they don't do the voting. They don't. Only Knicks I can remember within the time I've been watching who ends up being the starter is Patrick Ewan and Carmelo Anthony. I think there was one instance where Amari Stoudemire got voted in as a starter. I think there was one instance. But besides those three, no one else. No one else. For Knicks fans to grumble and moan about these things... It's pretty much your own fault because you don't vote. I'm a Nick fan. I really don't vote. I don't. I probably should, but I don't. Do I moan and complain when uh, Nick isn't a starter who deserves to be one? I don't really because I know if I'm voting, then I have a say. But i got to tell you, I don't vote. I pretty much rely on the fact that I know certain guys are going to be popular, so my eyes are turned towards who the coaches end up putting on the bench. So that's where my eyes turn towards. Is it right to put the onus on the coaches, hoping that they do the right thing and adding a nick or two to the roster? Yeah. But in this year, it's going to be tough, guys. I, I got to say it's going to be tough. You're not going to be able to omit a guy like Therese Maxey, the way he's playing. Uh, Donovan Mitchell's going to be Donovan Mitchell. Trey Young missed out last year, guys. Does he miss out again this year? It's possible. Atlanta's kind of meandering a little bit. Derek White, I don't think, even though he's having a fine season, I think he misses the cut. Julius Randle, I think if he doesn't make it, there needs to be drug testing. Because he is playing superior basketball right now. Outside of that, in terms of the front court East, I don't know if Jimmy Butler makes it. He's just too much in and out of the lineup. I think Bam makes it before Butler does. Jalen, you can always make a case for Jalen Brown making an all-star team. Mikael Bridges, yeah, he's on the fence to me. Paulo Boncara, I think, has a real chance of making it, guys. I think he's had that kind of year for the Orlando Magic, who's been a surprise team. So I think he has a shot here. It'll be interesting how it shakes out, guys. 
So uh, we'll see what happens in that regard. And I still say they should expand it to 15 players on the roster. That's my feeling on that. But So we'll see how the returns play out. We still got another series of returns before the final return. And then we can talk about that. So, so that's that on the all-star voting. Now let's talk about some teams, guys. We got a couple of teams in the West on the rise. The L.A. Clippers. L.A. Clippers have been a hot team over there in the West. Uh, we know that uh, James Harden came over to them about six games into the season. Uh, he's been a model citizen, guys. He really has. He has very good numbers for the role that he's playing over there. He's been pretty good. Pretty efficient, too, guys. I've to say that for him he has been the fact that he has those two other guys Paul George and Kawhi Leonard kind of opens things up for him a bit so that has been a help to him but he's been a model citizen I must say that he's been healthy Paul George and Kawhi they haven't missed a great deal of time so far they're balling right now and hats off to Russell Westbrook guys He's a guy who saw James Harden coming in. He said, look, for the betterment of the team, let me go to the bench. I've been on the bench before over there with the Lakers. I could do that here for this team. He's done that with no complaints whatsoever. I give him his props big time. But the Clippers are playing well. They're playing well. I think if health permits, they're going to be a problem in the West. I think size will be an issue when everything is said and done. They have nobody to go against the likes of a uh, Nikolai Jokic, uh, Anthony Davis. I think that could catch up with them, but as of now, they look good. I must say that. And then you have the Oklahoma City Thunder, a team who I thought would be improved. I thought they'll be amongst the top six. That's how high I thought of them. Uh, Shy Gilkis Alexander, he's playing MVP basketball, guys. I look at his numbers, I just stand in awe. He is third amongst the scorers with 31.4 points per game, 6.4 assists, nearly six rebounds. He's leading the league in steals, guys. And he's shooting at a blistering pace from the field, 54.6% from the field. Over 90% from the free throw line. His three-point shooting still a little suspect. But that's not really his game, guys. He's the in-between guy. He gives you that. But he's been absolutely sensational, guys. And again, an MVP candidate. Uh, Jalen Williams in his second season in the league. He has been very good, guys. He's been solid for them. And Chet Holmgren. I knew... Coming in, that Chet Holmgren, the fact that he missed all of last season, I knew he could be a difference maker on this squad. He's been that, guys. He's given them what they needed, the punch that they needed. My only concern with this team is the Josh Giddy situation. Remember, he still has that case out there of him being with the underage girl. I think that's kind of affected his game a little bit where he hasn't had the eye-popping numbers that he's had in the past. But 
I think once the dust settle from that, I think you'll see a different player. But as of now, he's hasn't given you all that. You're getting contributions from your bench. Guys like Isaiah Joe, Kenrich Williams. So you're getting contributions from other places as well. And Mark Dagnall. I talked about him being a coach of the year candidate. I think he's right there in the mix, guys. The way he has this team playing, they're balling, guys. They are balling. And you don't see that very often from such a young team as what they have, which is why I mentioned in my last episode, if they were to somehow get their hands on a guy like Pascal Siakam, I mean, they got the draft capital to do it. The salaries is the only thing I would wonder about. But if they were to get their hands on him, this team will really be a absolute threat in the West. That's for sure. But right now, they're playing well without getting a guy like Siakam. So uh, hats off to that organization there. So much so, as of recently, Stephen A. Smith, he said he had to apologize to Sam Presti because... He thought he was accumulating all these draft picks and what is he going to use them for and that, those sort of things. But Sam Presti knows how to, to pick talent. He knows how to draft. He knows how to make the most of what he has. And that's why I say, and I've mentioned this before, when you are picking high in the draft, you have to hit on guys. Because if you don't, you're just spinning your wheels. I talked about... Uh, Philadelphia 76ers in their losing streak. All that had to do with the fact that, you know, they were picking these guys. They were hitting and missing on guys. And when you're picking that high, you have to hit. You have to hit because you don't know how long you're going to be in that situation. You got to get guys that, I know it's not exact science drafting, but you have to be able to strike gold at least once or twice at least. And the Oklahoma City Thunder, they've done that. They've got some good draft picks here So, and guys that are contributing. Uh, so we'll see what happens with them, but they are a team that's pretty much in the mix here. Then you have some struggling teams. Right now, the Milwaukee Bucks are among those. Well... I mean, they're not struggling per se. They're definitely struggling with the Indiana Pacers uh, individually. Pacers have beaten them three times this season thus far. There doesn't seem any panic over there in Milwaukee. A lot of people want to say that Adrian Griffin's on the hot seat. How in the world can that be? He just walked in the door. But I think, you know, the season is a marathon, not a sprint. So I think you got to give the man time to figure out this roster and, you know, figure out his way because this is his first coaching stint. So I think it's just a matter of time before he figures things out. Right now they're talking about the defense. The defense isn't all that great. So they can be scored upon and those things. But I think once the dust settles, the Milwaukee Bucks will be fine. They'll be amongst the top two or three teams in that conference. So I think as long as you got that, you're okay for the moment. I'm not too worried about them. The Lakers, not so much. Well, a lot of people are down on the Lakers. Let me just say that. They won the in-season tournament. I know we talked about that. But their record 
coming out of that so far has been three and nine and counting. And the thing is, there's no like middle ground with the Laker critics and the Laker fans. It's either everything is beautiful, we're winning the championship, or everything is horrible, get rid of the coach, get rid of this one, that one, make a trade. There's never any middle ground where it says, okay, maybe they can play their way out of this and so forth. There's not that discussion at all. People want to point to the coach, Darvin Ham, but this is the same coach who got them to the conference finals last year. This is the same coach who, oh, by the way, got them that in-season tournament championship. This is that same coach. So how from a month ago to now he becomes this coach that has to be ousted? I don't get that. So you kind of lose me with that. And then now we want to say you can't rely on LeBron given his advanced age. There's a lot of things going on. Anthony Davis can't say much about him. He's been available. He's playing like a beast. They just need other guys to help out. That's what they need, guys. You need guys to step in. Now you got Austin Reeves coming off your bench. You're starting guys like Cam Reddish. I think they need to pull the plug on the Cam Reddish experiment. I think the Lakers will be fine in the long haul. They'll be fine. They'll be okay. They'll figure it out. But to the Laker fans, to the Laker critics, my whole thing is, why is it that when these sort of dry spells happen, you have to make a trade, you have to do this, you have to do that? Why is that always the case? Because we saw this play out last year where they made all the midseason moves and so forth, and that propelled the team, that's for sure. I don't know. I, we'll see what happens with the Lakers. I'll just leave it at that. And then the last thing I'll talk about is the Naismith Hall of Fame nominees. You got a bunch of new time nominees on there. 2008 Redeem Team. They're amongst the first time nominees. That's the team of LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Jason Kidd, Chris Paul. Carlos Boozer, Deron Williams, Dwight Howard, Michael Redd, and also Tayshawn Prince. And remember that four of those guys were on the previous team, the 2004 team that ended up in the bronze game under the likes of Larry Brown, who was the coach at the time. They were younger players then, so didn't get much playing time. But on this redeemed team, they were vital parts for that team. So you have them. That team was coached by Mike Krzyzewski. And then, of course, you had on his bench Jim Beheim, Nate McMillan, and Mike D'Antoni. So that team is being nominated. Also, players like Chauncey Billups. He's among the nominees. First-timer Vince Carter, Tom Chambers, Michael Cooper, Terry Cummings. Mike Jemiski is his first time being nominated. Bill Lane Beer, this is his first time being nominated. I thought Lane Beer would have appeared by now, but Bill Lane Beer, he's a guy who I've told people, I think if he doesn't get in as a player, definitely as a coach from what he did in the WNBA. But Bill Lane Beer, he's a guy who 
I think if he doesn't get in as a player, guys, he could get in as a contributor or a coach. So bear that in mind. But he was a fine player as well. Marcus Johnson, Maurice Lucas, Sean Marion, Reggie Theus, Buck Williams, and Super John Williamson of the New York Nets from the ABA days. So you have those guys there. Coaches, you have guys like Rick Barnes. This is his first time on there. John Beeline, Jim Laranega, Raleigh Massimino, Dick Mata, Lou Henson, Bo Ryan. So you have all these different coaches there amongst the women. Simone Augustus, this is her first time being nominated. Jennifer Acey, I always thought she was already in, but I think she's in because she's with that 1996 a ladies team that, of course, sparked the pro leagues that followed after them. But Jennifer Acey, she's being nominated. Cheryl Ford, the daughter of Carl Malone, she was part of those Detroit Shock teams that dominated for a period in the WNBA. You have coaches as well. Letta Andrews, Marion Washington. You got contributors like Pete Babcock, uh, Marty Blake, Doug Collins from him being a coach and a commentator. Mike Fratello is his first time being nominated as a contributor. He coached, he commentates as well. Johnny Red Kerr, Gene Shue, Donnie Walsh, Jerry West as a contributor. Obviously, he's on as a player. Now, he'll be nominated as a contributor as well, given his work in the front office and so forth. Amongst the international nominees, David Blatt, who at one time coached the Cleveland Cavaliers, but he has vast history as a coach overseas. Andre Kirilenko, one of the best nicknames ever given. AK-47 as a player for the Utah Jazz. Penny Taylor, who's played with the Phoenix Mercury, Michelle Timms, Andrew Gaze, another international player there. And then you have the Cheyenne State Final Four team from 1982 that defied all the odds and made the Final Four. That team, uh, HBCU, by the way, and that team was coached by C. Vivian Stringer. Then you have the 1972 U.S. Olympic team. That was the team that was robbed of winning the gold. They're being nominated. Dick Barnett as a player. I thought for some reason he made it. Uh, Apparently not. So those are your nominees, guys. It'll be interesting to see who ends up being nominated into that class of 2024. I look forward to seeing who gets picked amongst this crop of fine people who have contributed to the game. So with that said, that's it, guys. That's it for me. Uh, Thank you for listening as always. And we'll be talking soon. Take care, guys. Hello, my peeps. Thank you for listening and supporting the All Things Basketball with GD podcast. You can find us on our website, allthingsbasketballwithgd.com You could also email us at thatsportsdugd at gmail.com Also listen and watch us on YouTube All Things Basketball GD Hit the like button when you see our videos Also write a blurb about our show 
You can listen to us on all podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple. Leave a review for us at Apple. On the website, you can support us by hitting the Buy Me a Coffee button, support on Anchor button, or donate on PayPal. You can also support us by our cash app, GD That Sports Dude. Once again, I thank you for listening and supporting the show, and do take care.